Unfolding the eternal excellences, the hidden insights of the truth and the depth of the riches of wisdom and knowledge. The Bible says, I have cleansed thee by the word. I have not pointed to your weaknesses. He says, I have cleansed thee by the word. I have pointed to your strength. And this is your strength, that I am Christ in you, the hope of glory. The glory of freedom, the glimpses into eternity. The gospel is not supposed to be an assumption. It's not supposed to be just a mere presupposition. Truth is older than language, but the word of God is way deeper than any human language. And now, Apostle Grace with the word. In Deuteronomy, it is written, I believe, in the 32nd chapter. Let us begin with the 7th verse. A writer here tries to bring people to remembrance because they got into a time where the eons Changed. The ages changed. And the order of the world as it ought to have been was distorted, corrupted, and disrupted. And so this writer wants to remind people of the true order of the eon. You'll ask me why that eon. Let me first explain why eons are. The Bible says in Hebrews, by faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that the things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. Now, if you look at that portion of scripture deeply, you see the Bible doesn't say the world was framed by the word of God. So it's not, about, it's not talking about the creation of the world cosmos, okay? not talking about cosmos, the world. Here, when he says that the worlds were framed, he's saying eon, the eon, not cosmos, the world, this physical world, this material world. He's not talking about when he created this material world. He's talking about the worlds, the word plural there, eon. And what are eons? Eons are aging. The world is controlled, it is estimated, it is assumed, it's planned against world, eon. The cosmos, this physical material world, is run or controlled by eon, aging. Time periods accorded in the spirit realm to affect the physical realm so that the things which are seen, you see, were not made of things which do appear. That means the activity in the eons, the activity in the periods of time. This is fourth dimensional, because time is the fourth dimensional realm. Not time chronos, your time of midday, 1, 7 p.m., 8 p.m., 9 p.m., no. But about time kairos, the appointed time of God. The way God views time. Are you following what I'm saying? So, here he says, the worlds were framed by the word of God so that the things which you see were not made of things which do appear. Meaning, everything you see physically here came from a certain eon, a certain world. And that world is spiritual. That world defines the ages. That world defines the time according to heaven. That world is unseen. 
but it creates everything you see. And every man on this ground belongs to a certain world. And where you belong in that world, consequently, is whatever you are able to manifest in the physical realm. You cannot manifest beyond the eon in which you are able to function. You can't manifest beyond the age that you're able to function. There is somebody right now alive in 2023, but they cannot use a smartphone. Because the smartphone was not invented or does not agree with the wiring of their mind because they are not in that age, even though they are alive. My grandmother cannot operate a smartphone. I mean, the eons have gone ahead of her in some parts. And some of us, there are aspects where we catch up and there are aspects where we are behind schedule. But wherever you're able to be spiritually, that defines the things that you can make appear that you can manifest. It's very important. There's a very strong revelation there, especially when you study the word framed. Because when you study the Greek word there for framed, the worlds were framed, okay? It not only has the definition of made, but it also has a deep root definition called amended, repaired. The eons were repaired. And here, they're taking us back to Genesis. Where the earth, the Bible says, was without form and void. It's a very deep thing there. Yet the Bible tells us that God did not create the earth void. And empty and wasted. In Isaiah 45 verses 18. That means what you see in Genesis at the beginning is not how God made the earth. Satan and his courts at the fall messed it up. So when he said, let there be, are you following? God was healing what was broken. I'll teach about it one day because when you understand this mystery, you realize there is nothing you can't reverse. Eh. I say there is nothing you cannot reverse. You can reverse that sickness. You can reverse it. You can take things back by faith. Because if the same power created everything you see, it can undo everything. It can amend things. Some of you, there are times you lost. Ah, can I get them back? He said, I will restore the years you lost. This is not me. This is God. He said, I will restore the years that were eaten by the canker and by the, the caterpillar, by the eater. He says, I will restore the years. I will restore. God can undo everything and restore you. He is God. He is God. He is God. The palmer doesn't have its last say. The caterpillar does not have its last say. Praise the Lord Jesus Christ. The locust does not have its last say. God can undo things and realign them and re-engineer them. And then they look at you tomorrow and you're different. 
I believe in that God. Somebody say amen. In every dispensation, some things are changed and ages are frustrated and things stop happening in the time they should happen or the conflicting happening in the realm they shouldn't happen. And that distorts the order of the world. You remember when the Bible says that the foundations of the world have gone out of course. And the sons of men see this, but they walk without understanding. He said they walk without wisdom and knowledge. Let's read it. He says, they know not, neither will they understand. They walk on in darkness. All the foundations of the earth are out of course. So that means sometimes for Satan to frustrate you, he can start changing and shifting the course of the earth for things to appear in the time they're not supposed to appear and for the things which should appear in certain times not to appear. And people don't know that that happens in the world. That certain things can happen outside their time. And I tell people, if you want to know that you have a conflicted eon, if you want to know that you are attacked in your world, is when you examine yourself and see that things are not happening in their time. Because God has given us a spiritual conviction, everyone, to sense when you're on time or out of time. Do you know when you're late for something, you feel it? Do you know when you are delayed for something, there is a something in your spirit that stirs you to discern that I think this should have happened by now. I think this should have happened by now. That spiritual timing is in every child of God. So how do you know that you are in an altered world? A conflicted world. Things don't happen when they are supposed to happen. Why should you get married at 70 to believe God for children? The Bible says, satisfy us while it's still early. Satisfy us while it's still early. That we may be glad all our days. There's a happiness and joy that comes. There's a gladness that comes in your heart when you see certain things early. And I pray for you that may you see certain things early. May things not take time. And you see certain things early. May things happen for somebody early. May they say, this was the youngest woman to do this. This was the youngest man to work for the UN. This was the youngest prime minister. Oh. Somebody shout amen. May things happen early for you. So people don't know that Satan, that's why I say these are fourth and fifth dimensional reality, that Satan in frustrating things, he can alter your world. He can alter your world. 
by the time your miracle comes, it's not applicable to the age. Imagine somebody prayed for a 3310 Nokia and somebody bought it for them in 2023. Eh? That means the phone they would have would not be smart in a time when people have smartphones. They will not be efficient because they cannot have WhatsApp or all these other wonderful applications that we have on smartphones. Why? Because Satan altered something. So when the psalmist says that the foundations of the world have gone out of course, why? Because they know not, neither will they understand. They walk on in darkness. It says, for I have said, ye are gods. All of you are children of the Most High. But because you don't understand these things, you shall die like men and fall like one of the princes. In other words, you live this earth like every other normal man lives the earth. Somebody say, I refuse. Refuse to live this world like any other man lives. Leave something behind. Somebody shout hallelujah. The people will say, uh-uh, this woman walked the surface of the earth one day. Praise the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, the man of Deuteronomy 32, this is where he comes from to bring to remembrance a generation that has forgotten the true order and the foundations that God had set them. And he said this. He says, remember the days old, verse 7, consider the years of many generations. Ask your father and he will show thee thy elders and they will tell you. You need to ask certain questions. You need to read upon what happened before you were born. Dig into the past and understand your roots. Ask your parents what it was like before you were born. Ask the old ones and they'll tell you a thing or two. And this is the mystery. The one day, verses 8, the Most High, one day, the Most High divided the nations their inheritance. There was a time one day where God divided to the nations their inheritance. Let me first help you understand this. God has a definition of nation and he has a spiritual boundary of nation. And God's definition of nation is not the definition of nation as to many men see. You understand? So if a British man comes, and I've said this once or twice, if a British man comes to Africa, and then a French man comes to Africa, and then a, a Portuguese comes to Africa, a Dutch man comes to Africa, and then everybody says, oh, oh no, this is my little title, and then they start cutting off pieces, and then they divide it, and everyone takes on their own map. Because they've divided that map the way it is, it doesn't mean that God, the creator of heaven and earth, does not have his definition of nation. And neither does he call them nations because somebody divided them. I'm trying to tell you that the boundaries of heaven are different from the boundaries of the earth. And God has covenants with nations. Not as they were divided by your colonialists. Are you following? This is deeper than all of us can understand. So deep. 
so deep. So he's saying, ask. Do you realize there was a time he divided to the nations their inheritance? He created nations and divided inheritances for them. And when he divided inheritances for them, he said, he set the bounds of the people, listen, according to the number of the children of Israel. He set the boundaries of the people according to the number of the children of Israel. I'm in trouble. He set the boundaries of the people according to the number of the children of Israel. In other words, he counted the children of Israel and divided the world. <laughs> Who has understood this? Now, these were not physical boundaries. We're not talking about physical boundaries. But from here up to Masaka, this is yours. No. Those are not, listen, the kingdom of God is bigger and way, way, way distinctly defining than the kingdoms of men. So he's not talking about physical boundaries. He's talking about spiritual boundaries. Are you following what I'm saying? The Bible says in Psalms 115 from the 14th pastor, the Lord shall increase you more and more, you and your children. Ye are blessed of the Lord which made heaven and the earth. The heaven, even the heavens are the Lord's, but the earth he has given to the children of men. The realm of the earth he has given to us. Now, when we talk about what God has given you as a child of God. I'm not talking about, I bought a plot in Entebbe and I built a house. Ah, this is my inheritance. That's being short-sighted. Because even an unbeliever can have way more than that. We're talking about a realm where you can influence men. I tell people that there are three great powers that the Lord has granted us that every man should access. One, power over yourself. Self-control. To, to have power over yourself. And it begins with the mind. To be in charge of your thoughts. And everything else follows. Two, Power over everything God has given you. Paul says all things are lawful, but not all things are expedient. All things are lawful unto me, but I shall not be put under the power of any. I shall not be put under the power of any. That means he is above the power of everything God has given him. Otherwise, if the possessions God has given you possess you, they become your idol. Idolatry begins from when a man leaves his estate. His true placing and positioning in the spirit. And then starts to pursue what should pursue him. 
There are things God has not designed for you to chase. When you do, they become your God. They were designed to pursue you. Do you understand what I'm saying? They were designed to follow you. It's like, let me give you an example. Do you know you, you're not allowed to worship an angel? Biblically speaking, you're not allowed. You've seen in scripture where angels come and the prophet falls down and the angel says, no, don't bow before me because you're frustrating the order. Who is man that thou art mindful of? For you have made him a little lower than the angels. But the Hebrew word there for angels is not these angels, cherubim and seraphim. No. The word there for angels is Elohim, God. So when he says, Which is man that thou art mindful of and the sound of man that thou visitest him, for thou hast made him a little lower than the God, Elohim, Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. The word there, angels, is Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and has crowned him with glory. So that means after God, the next best creature. is you a little lower than Elohim. So some people read that scripture and they think, ah, now it's God, angels, then us. No, you're getting it wrong. That's why the Bible says that angels are ministers to the heirs of salvation. Angels are our ministers. They were sent to minister to us. Praise the Lord Jesus Christ. They are ministers. Angels love listening to us talk. They learn. The Bible says which things angels desire to look into. So when they, they hear you speak, they want to hear the mystery of God. Why? Because even though they dwell with God, he does not dwell in them. They don't know the experience of this mystery that was hid from the ages past and now revealed. Christ in us, the hope of glory. So when Jesus in you, starts to demystify mystery and you start speaking. Peter says these things angels desire to look into. That is why they are ministering spirits to you. So by divine order, you're not allowed to worship an angel. You are allowed to receive information from an angel, but you're not to what? Worship that which has been meant to minister to you. He says he'll send angels to take charge. So who is keeping who? <laughs> the one keeping the angels or the angels are keeping you? They're keeping you. You see, so there are things in life, once you frustrate their order, there are world religions that claim that they met angels and angels gave them, you know, oracles. And when you study and some of them actually worship these angels. Paul even in scripture warns, about men which started to creep in unawares and started to bring in doctrines that were not right and one of which was the worshipping of angels. Some men twisted the doctrine of Jesus Christ and started to teach people to worship those which were supposed to serve them. It's like money. Money was not created for you to pursue. Pastor. You were made only to pursue God. Seek ye 
the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. You know what that means? It means you were not to created to pursue money. You were created to pursue God and money will pursue you. So what about us who work? Yes. Did you go to work to earn a living or you went to work to fulfill a purpose? If you went to work to earn a living, then you are a survivor. If you are a survivor, then you're submitting yourself as a servant to mammon. But if you went there for purpose, yes, they will pay you, but the pay does not rate you. You're rated by something way bigger and that money cannot buy. The kind of anointing on your life can buy without money. Because money is not your God. No, 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 no. Think about it. The Bible says money answers all things. Isn't it? But yet in your realm, without it, you can still buy. <laughs> Did you get it? In your realm, without it, you can still buy. It says come without money and buy. Come without money and buy. Come without money and buy buy. He that has no money, come ye, buy and eat. Because we work on a higher currency than money. So when money looks at you, it sees that you have a bigger God than it. That's why the Bible says you cannot serve two masters at a go. You were not called to serve money or for money. I've told these people before, Jesus did not come to teach us to make a living. He came to teach us to live. He said the devil comes but to still kill and destroy. But I'm come that you might have life. The Amplified says have it more abundantly and enjoy life till it overflows to the full. I'm come that you'll enjoy life. Not to survive but to enjoy life. Have it full till it overflows. That's why he came. You came to live, not to make a living. I remember in my banking days, I banked for six years. I remember I used to enter the bank. Every time I would sit on that table, I say, Father, I thank you. Because the salary that they pay me at the end of the month does not define me. It is not my God. It has no bearing with the blessing you have placed upon my life. I am here only for a purpose to fulfill what you want me to fulfill. And the moment I'm done, I will go out. And when I finished, I left. Somebody said hallelujah. Shout glory to God. He will supply all according to what? Your car business. Your little shop somewhere in Nabugabo. Your salary that comes at the end of the month? No. Your pension? No. According to his riches in glory by Christ. So you're not a slave. There are things, again, I repeat, you are not supposed to pursue. When you do, they become your God. And you'll have a conflict between mammon and God. That's the beginning of idolatry. When you change the order of things. When you change the order of things. Are you learning something? Now let's go back to the story here. 
the Bible say that the Lord God in his geography, spiritual, divided nation and they carry their name. Territories are designed in the spirit by God. And different territories have different blessings and spiritual histories in spite of the differences of the boundaries physical. Even Satan made his own kingdoms too. That's why when he took Jesus on a cliff, he told him, bow to me and I shall give you the kingdoms and all their glory. He has his own version too. The sons of men have their own versions too. That's why when Jesus was among them, he was clear to emphasize, my kingdom is not of this cosmos. It's not of this world. I'm not building territories physical. I'm doing things spiritual. By saying there are three powers. Power over yourself. Power over the things you possess. Because if you don't have power over them, they become your God. Number three, power with men. See? Bible says when he talked of Jesus, Bible says, and the child grew in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and man. With God and man. With God and man. With God and man. Where does it begin from? Come on, help me. Does it begin with man? No, it begins with God. Begins with God. Now let's go back to what I'm trying to tell us here. The Bible says in Acts 17, 26, he has made of one blood all nations. God is still recognizing that I made nations. I have my version of nations. Of all men to dwell on the face of the earth and has determined the times before appointed and the boundaries of their habitation. He has put appointed times and the boundaries of their habitation. This is important, so important, because in itself, it's one of the most distinct instructions of position. Because he says, when he appointed the times and the boundaries of their habitation, that they should seek after him, if happily they might feel after him and find him, though he be not far from every one of us. In other words, there are things in God you can never find if you're not in the right boundary. I'm a seeker. I'm a seeker. Yeah, you can seek all you want. But there are principles in seeking God. And one of the most important aspects is learning to position yourself right. Paul would enter the synagogues and he would be beaten. Come out of the synagogues, go in the Gentiles, and the Jews from Judea come from there and still look for him through the Gentiles wanting to kill him. But every time he went among the Gentiles, the Bible says they loved him and ministered to him. You remember the dream he had about the call in Macedonia where he saw men calling him and then he went to Macedonia. He testifies to the church in Corinth that I testify before you no church communicated to me like the church in Macedonia. 
For even in their poverty, this abounded to their liberality. For I tell you, they gave not as we expected, but even beyond. One, they gave themselves unto God and unto us by the will of God. They gave so much to Paul, but after that, because they submitted to God, they submitted to Paul and even served God even when they gave their substance. They gave way more than Paul ever expected. Why? Because that's where God had positioned him. God had positioned Paul to the uncircumcised. And Peter to the circumcised. And Peter left the circumcised and went in the uncircumcised in Rome. What happened? They crucified him and killed him. Why? Because he went where the grace was not provided. God had not positioned him there. It's important to know your field. There's an evangelist trying to usher. <laughs> and they say, me, God called me to usher. Yet you're supposed to be somewhere in Amulata right now. Or Kapelabong. Or Alepong. But you're seeking the comforts of the lights of Kampala. Somebody shout amen. Appointed times before Kairos and their boundaries of habitation that they should seek after, comma, if happily they might feel after and find him. Because you cannot be found. He cannot be found by who doesn't feel after. That is why in your prayer, in everything you do, in every step of your life, maybe you're going for a new job or whatever, always seek for the positioning of God. Don't look at faith. Look for positioning. Don't look at immediate reward. Look for positioning. Don't look for advantage. Look for positioning. There are people right now, if they got a visa to Canada right now, allow me to speak in that accent, pun intended. If they got a visa in Canada right now, Goodbye, world. <laughs> I made up my mind to go that way for the rest of my life. Because that's your dream. I, I want to go to America. Do you know there are some God has called to America and their desire in their heart is true? There's some God has called in Canada and their desire in their heart is true. But there are also some God has called in Kayunga. But at night there, Canada, 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 Canada. <laughs> when the Lord appeared to me, told me, Grace Rubega, I have called you in Uganda. To the world! Hey! He told me from Uganda, I will take it to the world. Now we are on TBN International. We are on Desta. We are on Faith World TV. We are everywhere. From Uganda. Uh, it doesn't matter. Whether you're deep in Rusere, God can begin something there. Oh, glory to God. Hallelujah. Whether you're in Soroti or West Nile, it doesn't matter where you are. The point is, you with God is zero kilometers. Eh? I said, where you are with God is zero kilometers. I want to live in Kampala. Why? 
Masaka is far. No. No. That's the wrong mentality. When you have enough God, Masaka becomes zero kilometers. Why? Because the Bible says, 10 men shall get a hold of you and say, let us go with you. When you have the anointing, you're not the one who pursues the city. No. The city pursues you. <laughs> I said when you have the anointing you don't pursue the city the city pursues you when God anointed the bishop Oyedepo he testifies and says God told him go there somewhere find the village that's why I want the ministry the man went further than civilization and built cities there. The world found him there. <laughs> now the whole world knows him from a village which was eh, 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 eh. tell your neighbor it doesn't matter where you begin from. It matters that you are with God. Where you are with God is zero kilometers. Then you go for the world. Somebody shout amen shout glory to God. But here is the thought. Here is the thought. That every child of Israel, when God divided the nation, their inheritance, the Bible says, he set the boundaries according to their number. Meaning, every child of God is a potent nation. Every child of God is a potent nation. That means where you're seated right now, a nation can come out of you. Not through natural birth. I'm not talking about, and then Robert produced Richard, and then Richard produced... No, no, I'm not talking about that. Uh, 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 uh. When God appeared to Abraham and told him, I have made thee a great nation. Do you want to tell me that he made him a great nation because of the children he gave birth to? No. We are all children. He told him, look up in the sky and count the number of the star. Look at the sun and count. He told them, if thou art able to number them, number them because this is your seed and the bible says and abraham believed god he believed god and it counted unto him for righteousness the bible speaks of the seed of abraham and he said not as of seeds which are many but out of seed which is one which is christ galatians says let's go back uh-huh now to Abraham, Galatians 3.16. Give me probably the message version. Now, the promises were made to Abraham and to his descendants. He says, you'll observe that scripture in careful language of a legal document does not say to descendants, referring to everybody in general, but to your descendant, noun, not is singular, referring to who? Christ. In other words, when he tells Abraham your seed, he's not talking about that which will come out of his loins. Through the Amplified. I want you to understand it. He said, now the promises, covenants, agreements were decreed and met to Abraham his seed, his offspring, his heir, 
Here God does not say unto seeds, that is descendants, heirs, as if referring to many persons, but as to your seed, your descendant, your heir, obviously referring to an individual who is none other than Christ. So God comes in covenant with Abraham and tells him, in this order, I will make Jesus Christ, the son of the living God, as your descendant. The Lord said to my Lord, <laughs> listen, I'm going to, eh, God is humble. I am going to come in the flesh and connect to the son of Terah. Now, let me explain this. In Hebrew, well, Abraham was the son of Terah. Huh? The Hebrew name Terah means delay. Spirit of delay. That is why at 75, he didn't have a child yet. At 80, 90, he didn't have a child yet. Terah was his cover. God said, I'm going to in my sovereignty and majesty, come and attach my life, even though I be God, if it takes me to come and be your son. <laughs> to fulfill this, I will come as your lineage and put a seed among you. Not many as of descendants of springs coming from your loins, but one which is Christ. And the Bible says that if you are Christ's, come on, if you are Christ, Galatians 3.29, Jubilee Amplified, if you belong to Christ, are in him who is Abraham's seed, then ye are Abraham's offspring and spiritual heirs according to the promise. That means God came in connection with a man and put you right now because you've entered salvation under his covers your father you'll always be Abraham's child as long as you believe so I said but did God end on Abraham only can't he do it again <laughs> glory to God can't he attach himself to a man's destiny and make them a nation? This is what the Bible says. Every child of God is a potent nation. I'm talking about the influence God wants to burst out of you that will go beyond the children you had from your womb. That will go beyond the people that you were raised with and familiar from your village and your old OBs of Kasasa and your OGs of Gayaza. No, no. I'm talking about the God wants to do beyond the relatives that you have in Usoka. I'm talking about the God wants to connect you to people who you could have never had blood with, never had relationship with, never had cordial conversations with people you, who could never have known you. And they will say, I want to go with you. You're my mother. Hey. Somebody shout hallelujah. I'm talking about God bringing people of all color, races, tribes, generations, people who cannot even speak the language you speak because you chose to believe God. Somebody say, I am more than a man. In my spirit is a nation. Now you understand what's going to come out. Wombs are going to open. A woman once got pregnant and God told her, in you are two nations. 
they were not just two individuals. No. A woman once got pregnant and God looked into that woman and said, inside you are not two individuals. They are two nations. They are not one nation, one brother under another. They are two nations fighting each other. If God can put two nations in a womb, why? It means that the thing that was going to come out of that womb was going to become a great people. Each one in their own pattern. What about those who gave birth and their children died? And that was the end of their story. What about those who left the earth and they had never happened and nothing had ever been known and seen of them? Do you know how many people right now are in the ground? They were born like everybody else, but they left like mere men. Some did not even have the opportunity to see the day. Some of them didn't even have months. They didn't have weeks. And you're still alive. You're seated in a meeting. Yes, I know some things are not working yet. But God has kept you alive because he has a purpose. He kept you alive up to this day. Because he knew in the story of your life. Had to open you up for something bigger than you, older than you, greater than you, stronger than you, mightier than you. This I'm not talking about biological. You can never give birth enough. I'm talking about people who know that you might have come out of your mother's womb alone, but you must die an institution. Oh, you must die a nation. You must die a if you have to. Whatever it takes. The Bible says the least among them shall at least raise a thousand. And the small one among them a nation. What about the great one? A generation. Isaiah 60 verses 22. Read. A little one shall become a word. And a small one a word. That means in the kingdom of God you don't need to be big to become a nation. The smallest among us. Again, I'm saying not biological. The earth was made for the profit of, of all. And the king also is served in the field. Do you know God can put something on you right now? And it names you. And it gives you a name in Africa. And it gives you a name in Uganda. And it gives you a name in Asia. And it gives you a name in the world. Do you know God can do that? Do you know God can do that? One time I met a man who was talking about T.L. Osborne. And he said, one of our great fathers, listen to that beginning. Listen to that beginning. He was introducing T.L. Osborne. He says, one of our great fathers of the generation of a generation. Dear Osborne was not a father to America. Whether America recognized that, I don't know that's their problem. Bethany Dahosa says, everything I am was Dear Osborne and his wife. Yet Bethany Dahosa is recognized as the father of Nigeria. So if Bethany Dahosa is the father of Nigeria, yet everything he is Dear Osborne made, Do you understand what I'm saying? God can name you. They always say, they always say, everybody who met Mandela 
everybody who stood next to Nelson Mandela became smaller. Everybody who stood next to him became smaller immediately. He was not a father to South Africa. That's an understatement. God named him. Do you understand? God wants to name somebody. I'm not talking about, oh, he, he was a good man. You know, she loved children. No. Mother Teresa didn't do a miracle. But everybody calls her mother. Eh. Nobody calls her Teresa. Nobody calls her Teresa. It doesn't fit. Do you understand what I'm saying? A great nation. A great nation. This has to live here. It has to enter here. And I don't care where you begin from, but I care that today you charge your spirit and kickstart it onto a journey that is going to name you right. Because for us, we're not looking for territories. We're not looking for boundaries. No. 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 What's on us cannot be around Uganda only. Go on YouTube and see how many people are watching. Do you understand what I'm saying? The one vision can change the world. Dad, I was seated in my living room and Apple, the company, invented this thing called Apple Vision. These little glasses, artificial augmented reality things, right? And live on YouTube, Live on YouTube, one million people were watching across the world. Across the world. But many of you forget that it was one man's vision. Steve Jobs. He's still alive up to today. He's still alive up to today. Curiosity hit me this afternoon I checked. 24, I think, million views in just two days or three. Who are those people? We don't know who they are. But something has driven them to the let Steve Jobs creation. They're burning their time and data to see what is coming out of what this thing that was begotten by this man years ago is doing. 24 million views in just two days. In a couple of weeks, it's going to be hundreds and hundreds of millions and perhaps billions of views. There was a guy who was seated in his room and they tell you Steve Jobs could not even build a motherboard. Do you understand what I'm saying? But he had something on his life. He had something on his life that changed humanity like we know. The challenge with Christianity we have been taught rock. Am I against speaking in tongues? No, I'm not against speaking in tongues. I'm only trying to tell us here, except there is a translation and the vision of God comes upon us and God by his grace begets something out of you. You might not be being me, me, I'm a preacher. My mysteries are demystified here and I'll change my world here. This is my forte. This is my positioning. But there's an engineer watching me right now and you might never stand on this altar. But if it so be it, you went in class and studied E equal MC squared 
and it has been as effective as it can be because it came out of one Albert Einstein. God can bust one theory out of you to the glory of God. The one day they interview you and ask you, how did this theory come? And you say, I was in my room praying. And the Lord Jesus appeared to me and said, do you know how many people can turn on the Lord to open the Bible? Because they've discovered that there are things God is speaking and they are practical in the physical realm. At times Steve Hawkins died, he was a crippled man. Every part of his body was crippled. He had a disease many, many born again men can simply speak to. And even when he lost his voice, the world wanted to hear him. Crippled like this, they had to create a computer to make him speak. At least let his brain think. But what's upon his life will redeem many. What about your tongue speaking, spirit filled, demon chest? Ah, I'm a bum born again. What do you mean by your body? He said, Occupy until I come. Occupy until I come. We don't want mediocre Christianity. No, we want men who shall be the heads and not the tails, above and not beneath. Says that when they hear you once, they say, Uh huh, there's something here. There's something here. And I want to believe with you this evening. But out of this simple word, God will make a nation out of your creation. God will make a nation out of your gifts. God will make a nation out of the anointing on your life. God will make a nation out of the works of your hands. God will make a nation out of your simple credentials. God will make a nation out of your color. Your skin. He'll make a nation out of whatever you have. He'll, he'll, he'll enter that simple profession which nobody expects to go beyond the borders of predictability. And that's something that will write history to the glory of his name that many shall come to the saving knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ by that. I was sharing with the boys at home recently and I told them, Messi the footballer, they call him the best footballer in the world, Messi, Messi, yeah? Messi's left leg, his left leg alone, you go on the internet, it's insured at $900 million. That's just how much it costs by value, his left leg. My God shall supply all my needs. Left leg alone is insured at $900 million. What is in that boy's left leg? How much money do we need to run Uganda in a year? Who knows? You understand? So imagine one boy's left leg. Just the left leg. There's something on his life that he shows one leg. Something must happen. Something must happen. Something must happen in our generation. Imagine God gave you such a mighty healing anointing. That you found Steve Jobs dying and you told him, I want to give you life. And you put hands on him. 
my cancer disappeared. You become his teacher. <laughs> Because he didn't know the equation of life. I don't care where it comes from, but it must come. Whether it begins now or next week or next year. Say father I refuse to die without leaving a mark to the glory of God. Tell him God I refuse to leave this earth without leaving a story that cannot be rubbed out of human history. Now much as all of you are saying these words not all of you are able to believe them. But somebody has believed them. Somebody has believed them. Every time we're praying we're saying God this gospel must leave Uganda through Africa to the world. Listen, we did not come to just preach to Kampala. We came to speak to the world. Kings will come to our rising. Gentiles will come to our light. Strangers they will come. Let's just keep seeking God. But let's seek God. Because I tell people imagine you win 20 million souls. And you have to get to Jesus one day that what he put in you drew 20 million souls to the kingdom imagine you do something by god that a billion souls every time i used to watch reinhard bonke's crusades i left crying this man would stand on a crusade ground and 5 million people come to jesus 4 million people If Uganda is 44 million, how many days does he need to save Uganda? And all that anointing was on one man because he believed the same God you believe, the same Bible you read. I refuse to die ordinary. Come and raise your hands and say, Father, help me. Speak to Jesus. You take me You mold me You use me Feel me Cause I gave My life to A border's head You call me You got me You need me You walk beside me As I give A light To The porter's the gospel I'm not competing with any man I'm not comparing myself to any man I'm not running with any man my part in the gospel 
I'm not asking for another man's nation. My nation in the gospel. My boundaries. My appointed times. My gates. My portals. My graces. For the course. I'm not looking left and right. I celebrate every man's course. But mine, God. your word not that we fully fully understand this but at least whatever you've given us to understand genuinely there's a heart this evening saying father I yield to you fulfill what you have spoken all the grace and anointing necessary right now is being poured out in the name of Jesus Christ father we say this is for your glory not our fame not our glory no it is for you Lord define us position us align us calibrate us whatever it takes Lord kill and bend but at every man and woman at the sound of my voice, the end of your days may be said that she left a mark. He wrote a mark that cannot be taken. And it's possible for us all. It's possible for us all. May your nations come to you. May your nation come to you. May your children come from afar. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, may those God has accorded for your cover to be under your cloud, start collecting themselves to come, to come. In the mighty name of Jesus, give the Lord a memorable praise. Come on, clap for Jesus. Come on, clap for Jesus. Hey, say, Father, I receive it. Now, I want to give whoever is there who says, I want to receive Jesus as my Lord and Savior. I want to give you an opportunity. If you're there and you say, today, I think I understand this God. I want you to repeat these words after me. Say, Lord Jesus, I thank you because you died for my sins and you were raised for my glory today I receive you as my personal Lord and Savior
change me, transform me. Amen. This sermon has been brought to you by Fenero Ministries International. For more information, contact us on telephone number plus 256-200-999-400 or email us at info at fenero.org. You can also find us on the web at www.fenero.org. Follow us on our social media platforms on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Subscribe to our YouTube channel at Fenero Ministries International. Or better still, feel free to join us every Thursday for our weekly fellowship at the Uma Upper Gardens from 5 p.m. to 9 p.m. and for our Sunday services at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. at the Uma Multipurpose Hall. Fenero, make manifest.